Greetings and welcome to Stanford Cinema. As always, I am your host. My name is Andrew. Thank you very much for tuning into this latest installment. And if you are listening now, you are not mistaken. We are doing our Friday the 13th slash 2022 Fangoria Chainsaw Awards special. So yay, this is going to be exciting. We are going to be talking a little bit, obviously, about the fact that it's Friday the 13th. Actually, this is only relevant if you're listening to the day that it drops. Otherwise, it doesn't matter what what day it is. But we are still honoring Friday the 13th. So whether you're listening to Friday the 13th or Saturday the 14th or Sunday the 15th or, I don't know, August the 17th, none of it matters. Except for the fact that we are honoring this special spooky day. And we are pairing it with the fact that we've got uh, the Fangoria 2022 Chainsaw Awards. We're we'll discussing a few films that were nominated. I'm excited to see uh, what my uh, my guest has to say, and I guess that would make it a natural segue to the fact that we're going to have my kid brother, Mr. Nathan Stamper, returning to the show after a little bit of a hiatus. He's had a few things going on in his life. I'm sure he will uh, he'll share with us, and um, let's have some fun. This is going to be exciting. We're going to be revisiting some of the films that came out last year in the the horror genre. We're going to go over some of the nominees, some of my favorites, some of his favorites, assuming he has favorites. I don't know. We haven't really talked about the movies that were nominated, movies he enjoyed, movies he didn't enjoy. But we had a lot of fun doing this last year, so I'm excited to see what it looks like this year. So without further ado, please welcome to the show, Mr. Nathan Stamper. Nathan how the heck are you, little man? You know, and by little I, man, I mean you know, little brother. You're a big man. You're you're a grown a ass man. adult. But how are you? All five foot four of me. I'm doing great. Thank you so much. How are Damn. you doing? I'm doing well. And may I say, you look dashing with a with a little like collar. I see there. Like it's yeah, I, it's late yeah. at night. You look like you're dressed for the part. I sure. I you know you 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 work. You know you dress for the position you're in, not the position you have. You know, and I'm trying to be a professional <laughs> footballer. <laughs> all right well uh it is a pleasure it's been a minute since sure uh, our, since we've had you on the show so anything new in your world i don't know any any interesting additions uh in your life absolutely uh have a new child that's what? the start yeah i know you didn't know that but you know dropping the bombs like hiroshima right now yeah little uh little josiah middle name redacted stamper you know, middle name Marley, but, you know, I say redacted for the fun of it. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, did you guys drop the Marley? Because that's just what I fully intend to call him. Is, you know, oh, 100%. Marley. Yeah, Marley and me, I tell you right now. Marley and me. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. So congratulations. That's right. For the listeners, my my uh, my handsome brother, Nathan, has a new addition to the family. And we we have a we've got a boy. We we've got a next generation male stamper. And I'm excited. I might be more excited than you and Vanessa, quite frankly. I mean, 
a village raises a child and, and Andrew Stanford takes my first child, uh, my first boy. So That's that. right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, somebody has got to teach him, you know, uh, sports and, and art how and not, culture. How not to get sent off in five minutes. How not to get sent off, you know, those type of things. But oh, no, this is awesome. I'm, I'm super yeah. proud of you. I'm super excited for you guys and everything. This well, is going to, this is going to be a new adventure because obviously you've got two beautiful daughters and now we're bringing a, a handsome young man into the family. And I'm, I'm, I'm extremely, extremely proud of you and selfishly. I can't wait to uh, claim him as my own child here soon. Well, there you go. Like, like I said, it takes a village. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Nathan, do you know what we're going to be doing tonight? Uh, I have an inkling, but um, you know, why don't you let me know uh, fully then? All right. So that's right. We are going to be doing kind of what we did last year, which is we're going to be discussing the the nominees for the 2022 Chainsaw Fangoria Chainsaw Awards, which honor the the best films in the horror suspense genre from the years past. We did it last year. We had a lot of fun. Uh, People listen to it and I get excited just to talk about scary film so it's kind of like our oscar special but instead of the oscars we're talking about movies in and uh like i said the the horror genre which both you and i are are huge fans of so not only that but this is kind of a twofer episode because guess what it's friday the 13th boom 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 now i have a question for you because i don't recall this maybe being part of your your forte or not but I knew growing up, I was a huge fan of the the Friday the 13th like uh, franchise. Was that any, ever anything that you were interested in? Did you ever watch any of those films? I did. Um, I'm probably not hev- as heavily involved in Friday the 13th as, as most people, but I did watch um, Friday the 13th 1, uh, 1 through 10, I think it is. No, uh, <laughs> it just seems like the sci-fi channel is just putting out like mm. Friday 13th that Friday 13th and I was all game for it I was more so into it when it was Freddy versus Jason and mm. Jason X Jason X was kind of fun if it if not you know a blend of campy horror and awful sci-fi um but yeah I mean I enjoy the lore of you know Jason Voorhees absolutely sure sure and obviously there have been other Friday or at least Freaky Friday type stuff. There was the oh, yeah. movie that came out last year, Freaky, which we talked a little bit about uh, loosely on on this episode that starred Vince Vaughn and a couple other people. That was a take on the whole like Freaky Friday and yes, vice versa, like Father Like Son, 18 Again, a myriad of other films that did that similar trope where you had like, kind of like that body switching, body swapping trope. Yes. But so anyway, just want to get kind of your your feelers out on that. But hey, you know, it, it's Friday the 13th or really more likely than not, if you're listening to it, it's not Friday the 13th anymore, but we're publishing this on Friday the 13th. So this is really only exciting for me because this very well may be like, I don't know, September 30th. And you're like, what the fuck? I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. But wait to listen to it on Friday the 13th of next year. Yeah. When you listen to this on Friday the 13th, it just, it just, it just hits harder. It just it hits does. harder. 
But all right, here we go. We are going to let's just get into it. We're going to I'm going to I'm going to go through the nominees. And what I'd like to do is I don't want to go through last year. We had, we had a good time, but I think we bit off a little bit more than we could choose. So what I want to do is I'm going to go through the categories. You pick a movie if you know one. Yeah. That you want to talk about. If there's none, we can move past it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But for the Chainsaw Awards, there are a myriad of categories. So you're going to have your best wide release, which wide release means it would have been in a theater. Yeah. Limited release means it might have been in a theater. It would have maybe been in a few theaters, but it wasn't like a wide scope. No. First feature means just that it was somebody's first film. Best streaming premiere movie means it's the first time, first time director. And they were in like the, the streaming platform like Netflix or something like that. Best foreign language movie means they don't speak American. Um, best series means just that it is for a TV show. Best lead performance is kind of like the Oscars version of best actor or best actress. But instead, it doesn't matter if you're a male or a female, just the best performance. And then best supporting performance, best director, best screenplay, best score, best makeup. Best Creature, Best Costume, Achievement in Nonfiction, Best Documentary, Best Kill. Now, we're not going to get through all those. We're only going to get through just a few of those that I think we're going to, I think that matter the most. We're going to talk really about the movies, like the the best this, the best that for a motion picture. We're not going to necessarily get into screenplay. We're not necessarily going to get into some of the nitty gritty. Yeah. Because we don't have time. We don't have time. But if you want to know who wins this award, that award, the next award, Check out the, the production notes or the, the, the podcast episode notes because I'll have all of those annotated. But let's just get into it, right? Nathan, are you ready? Yeah. Let's you ready to do I this? I sure am. Let's do right, it. So we're yeah. going to start with best wide release. So there are five nominees. There's Malignant, Handyman, Last Night in Soho, The Night House, and A Quiet Place Part 2. Now, the question I have for you, Nathan, did you see any of those films? I saw Candyman and I, I, saw I, don't, Candyman. Think we, I don't think we can say it anymore, though. No, well, no, I think at this point, <laughs> because I said it once, you said I said it. I think we might only have one. No, Two. fuck it. We're not going to say it again. We're just no, not going to say not. it again. <laughs> I don't no. want that bad juju. I love no. it. I love I love that film. That film is awesome. Um, Vanessa loved Candyman because it was sticking it to the white people. So mm-hmm. whenever that happens, she's she's on board. Um. <laughs> I mean, there is some easy low hanging fruit there that I like just set yourself up there. I did. <laughs> but I'm not going to. I am not going to. This is a this is a family podcast. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that you enjoyed that because I believe oh, I, I, I recommended it. And you all went and saw it and I'm glad that you guys enjoyed it. It's, it's quite a ride, man. I mean, yeah. it, it, it takes the, the late eighties, early nineties version and mm-hmm. it uses a lot of modern day elements and obviously like um, gentrification as a major yep. element, the, the not me too movement, but like the, the black lives matter movement. Yes. And I mean, it's, it's right there and the performances are are fantastic it's it's oh, quite a ride yeah i thought it was a, a a really phenomenal and you know i like i said i really enjoyed it you know tony todd obviously is like candy man but 
this one made it so much more. It was it was a retelling, but it was also, you know, in in many ways, not only a remastering, but also taking it and taking it one step further to expound on where he actually came from, what's going on and why it's happening Mm -hmm. as opposed Mm -hmm. to just Clive Barker having some, you know, erotic killing scenes. Right. Right. And it's the, what I like is how they play with this idea of there are different candy men, you know, like candy, you know, like there, there's not one, it's the story that gets passed down and what it means for us and within our culture. And it's, it's really, it's, it's just a really well executed film, not to mention the fact that it's a gnarly, it's grisly. It is, I, I, I am fascinated that Vanessa liked it because it's, it's bloody and you get very a lot of like squeamish like moments like where mm-hmm. he's like peeling like flesh, flesh he gets off. the hook like <laughs> rammed into his arm yep. you know you have all of that right i mean it's 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 incredible furthermore it has my favorite kill scene of the year which is the the girls in the restroom uh scene yes. where they, they they do the candy man uh, yes. you know, where you stare in the mirror and oh man i've i've, I've at this point we've said the name i'm not but fortunately, I'm not looking into a mirror. Um, 100%. Well, you are, technically. Okay, listen. No, 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 no. Um, but they all say the word five yes. times. And, and they're like, oh, no big deal. But before that, there was like this one where I was like, nope. Mm-mm. And she like bolts out of there, right? Yep. And, Smart girl. And then this other girl that comes in, and she she's kind of like bullied or whatever. And she goes into the stall and mass chaos ensues and you just yep. see like this one like just this pool of blood that just like drips down it's just it's it, it, it's fantastic like i said it's my favorite like murder scene or like kill scene if we will which is a, a normal fangoria uh category which is best kill of the year so that was my favorite but okay but um i love that you that you saw that movie and you enjoyed it i mean i, I, I was a big fan 100 percent, it was great i love it now, for me, but the film I want to talk about is Last Night in Soho, which is another Edgar Wright film. So if you've ever seen Shaun of the Dead, Hot mm-hmm. Fuzz, um, Baby Driver, uh, oh my God, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. And um, what was the other movie that he did? There's one more I'm thinking of. I've completely forgotten. But anyway, those are the movies that I just think of off the top of my head. But anyway, yeah. this is a, a different film for him. I mean, it's a super, super stylized psychological thriller about this fashion designer in, I want to say, like the like the early 2000s or 2010s. But what's really unique is that she's scarred and she's able to kind of communicate or not really communicate, but see the dead in a matter of speaking, but she's kind of teleported into like the 1960s London and kind of like that underbelly that's going on. And it, you know, she comes from this world of glamor and the sixties were super glamorous and super stylized, but you see this underbelly that is not, or which is everything, but glamorous and stylized and you just see some horrible horrible things that happen but it's it's remarkable and again if you're if you if you've enjoyed um Shaun of the dead or um hot fuzz or baby driver or or 
um, Scott Pilgrim, you know that he, he mm-hmm. he's brilliant with editing and the way that he makes a movie. This movie is every bit on par with those, and it's it's incredible. The the montages, the editing, uh, the use of like mirror uh, shots. It, it's it's quite okay. a ride, and if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Yeah. See, it's funny because I started watching it because it's on Apple TV. Oh, and then, yes. And then Kaya came into the room and I was like, look, let me pause that real quick, put her back to bed. And then I just never got back around to putting it on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, highly encourage you to check it out for the listeners. And I'm really fascinated just to see how he was able to get a lot of these shots that that took place in the 1960s. And what I learned is basically they just filmed a lot of the shit at like two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. And they had a short window to basically dress London up to make it look like it was in the 60s. 30, 40, yeah, 50 years earlier. And huh. it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Just the, the way the movie looks just to make it feel a certain way. The, the, the title last night in Soho is based off of a song uh, called last night in Soho, which Edgar Wright got that idea, believe it or not, from working with Quentin Tarantino when they did that Grindhouse movie and mm. uh, Death Proof. And uh, Death Edgar Proof. Wright did like a little like short trailer, which I think it was called Don't. Um, but really, really wild ride. Highly encourage it. That being said, I still don't know if I would put it in my top three or four favorite Edgar Wright films because, I mean, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz and Scott Pilgrim are. Oh, yeah. Those are great. Perfection. But yeah. Last Night in Soho. Definitely has its place. So anyway, I say all of that to say that I'm that was kind of my big wide uh, wide release film that that I thought of. So, yeah, Candyman, Last Night in Soho. I think at the end of the day, I think one of those two films are probably going to be your winners. But I I wouldn't be surprised if it was malignant or something like that. But okay, so flipping a little sheet of paper. So we did the the wide release. Now we're going to do the limited release. And yes. for those films, we've got a lot of movies I don't know. So forgive me, listeners, but there's a movie called Come True, Hurt, In the Earth, and then two movies that I do know, Werewolves Within and Psycho Gorman. Now, Nathan, I know you know Werewolves Within because we talked yes. about last year, but did you see either any of these other films? I did not. And the moment I saw uh, Werewolves Within on Best Limited Release, I already knew it was going to win. So I just didn't even bother <laughs> with the other one. It's so good. It's so it's good. So I, good. It's so my... campy. It's so fun. It's mm-hmm. scary. I love I love Werewolves Within. Yeah, it's it's my pick. But if I had to have like an alternative pick, I'm going to go for Psycho Gorman, which okay. I think is right up your alley. This okay. movie is overt like overtly gory and in a comical way but let me just let you know basically it's a story of this brother and sister and they essentially resurrect this like alien like god uh who's like entombed for like millions of years and basically all he wants to do is like destroy destroy the universe and but he's kind of like controlled by this magical like amulet Okay. And this like eight year old girl who's completely like on the crazy spectrum, nice. she re- retrieves his amulet and basically just hires Psycho Gorman to do her bidding. And 
it like all he wants to do is like turn your whole body inside out, like the flesh on the outside, skin on the inside, just, and it's, it, it's ridiculous. And it's so funny. It's so gory. And the, the child actors in this movie are perfection. I mean, like I said, this is a movie that taps right into your sensibilities. If there is a movie nice. nominated that I'm like, oh, Nathan would love this movie, yeah. Psycho Gorman. And what's fun is the movie is really called PG colon Psycho Gorman. So like PG has a parental guidance for like a rating system. Yeah. Uh, so it's this whole thing of, of that. It's kind of like a comical take, but oh my Lord, it's, it's great. Um, critically, it was, it, uh, critics gave it like a 92%. So they loved it. Audiences didn't really know what to make of it. So it's like a okay. 63%. It made like nothing in the box office, but that really isn't a fault of the film because it came out like, like um, Last Night Civil, which also didn't really make a lot of money because it came out like in the, the peak of the pandemic. So box yeah. office numbers are really going to skew it. But for a limited release, it, it's got to go to either Werewolves Within or Psycho Gorman. I knew you were going to say Werewolves Within, so I just yeah. wanted to have an alternate an alternate film. Alternate so I'm gonna, I'm oh, gonna yeah. Make a little nod to Psycho Gorman. So best for, first feature we'll move on to. So we've got five new films. We've got Censor. My heart can't beat unless you tell it to St. Maud, the stylist or the vigil. Now, Nathan, did you get a chance to see any of those films? See, I started watching St. Maud, okay. um, but my free trial uh, ran out. <laughs> and so I couldn't finish it. But what I did see of it, the special effects were awesome. I love when in films, people start levitating mm. and the hair falls back as if they're levitating mm -hmm. i always love when that happens so the fact that i was able to see that in saint Maud for like the moment that i did was amazing yeah saint Maud. that that's the the film of this uh of this section that i do know i've, I've had the opportunity to see it really enjoyed it. it's a it's a it's a slow slow burn so if you if you like movies that take a long time to establish itself which I do, you know, granted, I don't mind a movie that's like, fuck it, let's just get to it right off, off the top of, you know, like, boom, opening credits, let's lop somebody's head off. Oh, yeah. my attention that way, too. But I'm also into movies that are just going to do an interesting character study. And St. Maud is great. It stars this Welsh actress whose name I'm not going to bother to pronounce because I'm going to uh, butcher it immediately because fucking like Welsh and Gaelic names are just all over the map. But yeah. I don't know. I think it might be like, like Morpheth. Morpheth Clark, uh, she plays Maud, and basically she is the story of this like devout, like hospice caretaker. And yep. she takes uh, care of this woman that's dying of cancer, leukemia, I think it is. And yes. she just wants, like, she becomes obsessed with her and wanting to save her soul. But like I said, she's very, very devout, and she's had like these spiritual moments where like God, or at least she believes God is connecting with her and she mm -hmm. just goes deeper and deeper and deeper yeah. into it. And it just, it just takes her, takes control of her. And it's like I said, it's just a, a great slow burn, but it also has one of the most painful, like mortification scenes I've ever seen. If you with like mortification, mm -hmm. mortification for the listeners are basically like when like religious people, like essentially kind of inflict like, 
mass on themselves. Yep. Like on the themselves thinking that like used God to do the, wants them. Yeah. Yeah. And monks used to do like you have the whip whip themselves, but mm-hmm. I think yeah. Yeah. Nathan, that's uh, that's kind of your kink, right? Oh there's a lot that I'm into. <laughs> <laughs> but all of it's consensual. <laughs> um but yeah in saint maude a uh, little tiny spoiler basically she just like fits like her shoe with like a bunch of nails and she just like steps on it and just like walks through town with like these nails in her feet and it's just like oh and you just hear like kind of like the like the blood like just like school like wishing around wishing <laughs> around in her shoes and uh it's Sounds like it's, my Friday night. It sounds like it sounds like your Friday yeah, night, Nathan. I mean, like I said, this is yeah. right up your king, man. It I'm, sure I'm is. You. I tell you. Now, so again, that is going to be your your best for uh, first feature. I haven't seen the other one, so I'm just going to lean into Saint Maud. So just for those keeping score, our predictions right now: Candyman or Last Night in Soho, mm-hmm. Werewolves Within, okay. or, or Psycho Gorman. Saint Maud. Now to go to streaming premiere, this one I think is the the only movie we need to talk about is Fear Street 1666. And I'll tell you why. And by the way, the other nominees are Boy Behind the Door, Fear Street, Lucky, The Power and Violation. I'm going to tell you I know that's a movie that you want because I remember a four-year-old Nathan Lee Stamper that loved himself some R.L. Stein. I still love R.L. Stein. I still Fear Street. Once I saw Fear Street was on Netflix. Man, I binged that, and it was dope. And I was confused when, like, the order that they put it in. But once I watched the whole thing, and I watched sixteen sixty six because that's the finale, even though it takes place in the sixteen hundreds. I was like, whoa. This is freaking awesome, man. I loved every second of it. Did you have a favorite of the three? Was 1666 your favorite or was it 90s or 70s? Did you have a favorite? My favorite was 1666. Close contender was probably the, was it 1972? I think it was Fear Street 19 or 1976, where they're kind of like in that um, uh, summer camp. Mm-hmm. That was, that was probably like a close second. Um, and then obviously the, the present day one is as good as well, but 1666 is probably that 90s one. I I enjoyed because it was nonstop soundtrack. Like okay, there were like 50 <laughs> songs in that yeah. movie, and they were like it. They all took me back to being high school, like in the 1990s. I'm like, oh yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like was this like? Like one of my friends, did they like produce this soundtrack? Because every freaking song in that movie slaps and they slap hard even today. But yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the trilogy. I mean, yeah, it's, it's R.L. Stein. It's a little goosebumpsy, which by the way, my daughter, my four-year-old daughter recently discovered goosebumps and oh, best. she is in it to win it. She, yeah, she just wants to watch goosebumps all the time. Um, do you remember any, like, because I I remember as a kid, you being the kid, I was an older kid, but I remember you loving you and Matthew. Well, I think it might've been more so you enjoying goosebumps. Do you remember, was there a favorite goosebumps episode that you, that, that strikes, uh, strikes a chord with you? In terms of goosebumps, I don't remember watching Goosebumps as I much remember reading Goosebumps. Mm, okay. Um, probably my favorite one was The Thing Under the Sink. And like that was, I think that was the title of one of them. And it was actually just like a monster under 
their kitchen sink that make if, if I memory serves me right, it was just about this monster that manipulates everyone except the main protagonist, who's like an 11 year old girl. And it makes it seem like the 11 year old girl is out thought at fault for everything. Meanwhile, it's this monster under the sink. Mm. Um, that's probably my favorite one. But gosh, there, there's a few that I remember, but I just can't remember the names and, and sure. due to time constraints. I don't want to ramble. <laughs> right, right, right. I admittedly never read any of those um, just because obviously, you know, I'm, I'm fucking ancient. But my daughter, she's discovered Goosebumps. And that all came following her being obsessed with this YouTube series, which is Don't Turn Out the Lights. And huh. Don't Turn Out the Lights, there's this girl, I can't believe I forgot her name, uh, Paige, something like, I think her, 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 her name might be Paige. But anyway, it's this girl, she might be like 14 years old, and she's okay. basically just like, hi, I'm Paige, and this is Don't Turn Out the Lights. I, I, forgive me if it's not Paige, but anyway, she tells these these kind of short story parables of yeah. these kids doing whatever. And it's kind of like animated while she's narrating it. So oh, the so like for example, there's this one where like this boy sees like this uh, traveling traveling shop, and on this traveling little like carriage shop, there are a bunch of like these little dolls or whatever. And this, this little boy's like, oh, my God, I would love to have one of these uh, these dolls. And the guy's like, sure, you can have one, but you have to go home and get your, your father's prized possession. And so she goes home or the boy goes home and he comes back with, I don't know, like a book or something. Yeah. And the guy's like, that's your dad's prized possession. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that, that's it. And he's like, no, you're lying. Like, you're wasting my time. <laughs> like, yeah. bring it back or you don't get one. So he goes, he goes away, he comes back the next day with something. It wasn't his prized possession. He's like, listen, you've run out of time. I'm, you're, if you don't come back with, with your father's prized possession, you're not going to get a doll. And the boy struggles. He goes home and the father's like, where have you been? I've missed you. He's like, oh, I was out. He's like, oh my God, I don't know what would ever happen if I lost you. And the boy's like, oh no, I'm my father's prized possession. So the next day he goes back. He's like, listen, I can't, I can't. I can't give you anything because I found out, you know, I'm my dad's prized possession. And then that, the guy's like, oh, but you can. And Oof. then the boy re, like turns into a doll and then boom, like he finds himself like on like the cupboard on the, sh- on the, on the shelf I, and everything. So I've seen something like that. That seems to be a very, I don't want to say common video, but it's seen, that sounds very yeah. familiar. It's, it's, it's a, I'm not going to say comment, but yeah, it's a, it's a known story, but this YouTube series, my daughter is obsessed with, again, my four-year-old daughter is obsessed with like these scary stories and everything. So anyway, that just tie back to RL Stein and fear street. And yeah. So I think that's kind of what we're leaning toward. Um, a myriad of other care, like categories, again, best foreign film, best series, best lead performance. Uh, best supporting perform. I really don't want to talk about any of this. The only performance I really want to talk about is the fact that uh, Diana Rigg, who was in the last night of Soho, she that was her final performance for the listeners. She played the the uh, the Queen of Thorns on Game of Thrones. Uh, she was on the like the nineteen sixties version of Avengers. Uh, Dame Diana Rigg. That was her final, final, final performance. So that's the only award that I really want to think of for that 
uh, best director, screenplay, best score, all of that. That's all fine. I do want to get to best creature because of the fact that it is the only nominee for the green Knight, which I don't know if you saw, but you were the guy that told me about the green Knight. That's the worst thing ever because I told you about it. And I you never seen it. it. No, I haven't. And that's oh my worst. God, Nathan, you need to see the green Knight. It without question is my favorite film of 2021. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not, okay. I, I'm not saying that with hyperbole. I can't wait for somebody to say, I want to talk about the green Knight." Um, it's without, without question, the most underrated film that came out last year. There, there's so much to unpack with that film, but, uh, the best creature effects award, um, Barry Gower, who's a, a, you know, a special effects guy. He did the, the, the green Knight, if you will, for the movie, the green Knight, And, um, that's who I'm kind of pulling for. But of course, if Psycho Gorman wins that, I'm fine with that. But uh, I just wanted to shout out The Green Knight because I love that movie. Now, this is kind of just a little preview episode. We're not taking a super deep dive into any of these. These are just kind of like our thoughts. If we had seen anything. Now, I do want to close with the fact that you didn't see a ton of these movies, but you did see Candyman. And the real I main did discussion. See Midnight Mass as well. So oh, Midnight that. Mass for TV shows. Yeah, I we need to get love into love Midnight Mass. So okay, all right. I guess that's dope. a yeah. So uh, for TV shows, um, what was there? There was Midnight Mass. There mm-hmm. was I know what you did last, you did last summer, summer. Yeah. right? Which I did not see, but we discussed the the greatest movie ever made, which yeah. was I know what you did last summer. <laughs> that's the uh, Chucky Creep Show, mm-hmm. but you did enjoy Midnight Mass. I enjoyed Midnight Mass. Creep Show was fun for the nostalgia, but Midnight Mass, the special effects was cool. The story was very much like prime M. Night Shyamalan, if I doubt M. Night Shyamalan even touched Midnight Mass, but there were some twists and turns that you weren't expecting. I kind of had a feeling something was happening, mm-hmm. and then it just veered completely in the direction that I didn't, you know, I wasn't. Uh, anticipating but it was I really enjoyed Midnight Mass I enjoyed the ending um, like especially it, it, it was a fun show to watch so you would you'd highly recommend it out of any of those shows I would highly recommend Midnight Mass it's cool. it's really freaking dope awesome awesome is there anything else in just the the, the final two minutes that we've got that 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 you saw that that stands out or if, if if there's anything that you did see this past year that you might want to anoint classic status like oh this is a movie that i think people will talk about in 10 15 years and it will be every bit as relevant then as it is today because that's one of the things about horror films oh, yeah. right movies that sustain movies that that become linger. cult classics yeah mm-hmm. uh candy man this is definitely a film that i think is gonna like transcend throughout the years absolutely I think you're right. I think of all the films, I think Candyman. Now, again, I think I, I, I love last night and Soho just from yeah. the, the stylistic elements of it. But when it comes to overall story and what they're really trying to tackle, mm-hmm. I think 2021's Candyman is probably the most, yeah. most uh, complex of all the films. And I think that is the movie structurally and tonally and thematically 
that I think we'll be talking about 10, 15 years from now. Yeah. Yes. Lamb was good. Um, mm-hmm. From what I've seen of St. Maud was great. Werewolves when it was werewolves within was awesome. Hysterical. But, yep. Oh yeah. But Candyman, I think is going to, you know, the social impact that it has the social story that it tells, I think is definitely going to be there for the long run. Yep. And just because you mentioned land, that was another like a 24 film, which is probably the, the best studio that are doing horror films right now. But uh, Lamb, which is an Icelandic movie, uh, the girl that was in the girl with the, the dragon tattoo, yeah. she starred in that. Uh, what is it? Numi Rapace. Um, yeah, definitely like highly, highly recommend. But Nathan, thank you. I know, like I said, this was just a, a short little, hey, it's Friday the 13th. Let's have some fun. Let's 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 talk about a few of these movies. We're not necessarily taking a deep dive, but if there are any of these movies that you would like to take a deep dive on and, you know, um, if we want to get into Candyman or if we want to get into Last Night in Soho or if anybody's listening and they would like to do that, consider consider this your invitation. But Nathan, dude. It's been a minute, man. I'm 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 so excited yeah, uh, that great. you know that uh, we're able to chat for a couple minutes. Just some of these movies, and I'm curious oh, yeah. to see what what other people are going to uh, think and what what movies are going to win. Again, if you're listening, just pay attention to the episode notes because I'll post those here in the not too distant future. But absolutely, yeah, Nathan, close this on out, man. Say uh, say a few things. Candyman, Candyman. Candyman. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Todd is here. No, <laughs> but no, it's it was great. Um, if you watch one film out of the list, Candyman and Fear Street, probably two of the best ones. Uh, Werewolves Within Within was great. If you want to watch a fun show, Midnight Mass, you won't be disappointed. Another best kill from twenty twenty one. Um, what was it? Mortal Kombat when Kung Lao, uh, was it Katara or Natara Katara with his like his spinning blade? And he was like, Yes, flawless victory, flawless victory. I love it. Mortal Kombat was dope as well. Uh, uh, another great kill was Fear Street 19. Was it the 1994, the bread slicer where like Kate, like, yeah, yeah, gets sliced. Yeah, that was great in itself. That was, that's what I'm talking about. That campy horror film mm-hmm. that I, I love so much. It, yeah. was, it was phenomenal. All right. We are out of time, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Join us again next week for another installment. And Nathan, thank you for, thank for you hanging for out me. with us this past like 35, 40 minutes. We'll see you next time. And as always, you have an open invitation. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next week on another episode of Stamper Cinema.